Listener Production. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to The Scorecard. I'm Liam Flanagan, and this is your fast, fun hit of sport for Thursday, the 27th of July. Today, another super fish performance from an Aussie at the Swimming World Championships. NBA players are officially being paid too much money, and they've already retained the ashes. But can the Aussies win it? But first... All right, kids, strap yourselves in, because it's game day for our Mighty Matildas. The Matildas have scored their first penalty in the 90 minutes of play in their World Cup history. After scraping past Ireland with a 1-0 win in their first group game of the tournament, tonight, Australia play their second group game of the FIFA Women's World Cup when they take on Nigeria at Brisbane Stadium at 8 o'clock tonight. And while, of course, I'm confident, I'm also a little bit nervous, because if this game were being decided on team nicknames alone... I think we'd be in trouble. Inspired by that classic song, the Matildas is a great nickname. It is. But tonight, we take on, wait for it, the Super Falcons. Damn, that's a cool name. (laughs) The Nigerian Super Falcons. What a name. It sounds more like a member of the Avengers than a football team. Thankfully, I don't think the Incredible Hulk, Captain Marvel or Iron Man are on the team sheet for Nigeria tonight. But unfortunately, the Matildas are going to be without a couple of their own superheroes. Sam Kerr! We already knew Sam Kerr was going to be a spectator for this one. Fingers, toes and any other appendages you can crossed that her calf is right to go by the knockout stages. But yesterday, it was confirmed that rising star Mary Fowler will also miss tonight's game because of a concussion suffered at training. So will Ivy Lewick also missing because of a concussion suffered at training. What the hell are they doing? Sounds like the team might want to ease up on the headers at training during the rest of the tournament. Hey, take it easy. So tonight the equation is simple. Win and Australia are guaranteed progression to the knockout stage of the tournament. And it would also buy Sam Kerr some extra time to get that calf cherry ripe. But Nigeria ain't no joke. They kept the reigning Olympic gold medalist Canada to a nil-all draw in their opening match. So get ready, Australia because the Super Falcons are coming. When Ariane Titmus delivered a world record-breaking swim in the women's 400-metre freestyle at the World Championships in Fukuoka over the weekend, she put the swimming world on notice that the Aussies are travelling OK in the pool at the moment. And last night, a rising star put an exclamation point on that notice. Titmus, O'Callaghan's coming at her. The two Australians neck and neck. What an epic race. It's Ariane leading, but for how much longer? Molly's going to her. Nineteen-year-old Molly O'Callaghan can now add world record holder to her already bulging swimming career CV after she claimed gold in the women's 200-metre freestyles at the World Championships. She did it in a stunning swim less than two-tenths ahead of countrywoman Titmus, who took silver also in a personal best time. Molly O'Callaghan, you have just broken your first individual world record. How do you feel? I'm absolutely excited. I was not expecting that at all entering this. I just wanted to have fun and just give it a crack. I was really nervous leading up to this because I didn't know how I was going to race. Um, and, like, the lead-up to this has been so, like, up and down like a roller coaster, um, just with injury and then coming off um, trials and all that. So just to do that, I just 
think is just incredible and I'm excited for what else I can do. Speaking to Channel 9, the broadcaster of the event, after her record-breaking effort, O'Callaghan's win took Australia's gold medal tally for the world champs to six and reinforces her standing as a potential queen of the pool at next year's Paris Olympics. Ooh la la! When Live Golf came in and started paying players hundreds of millions of dollars simply to show up to tournaments, the concept of what athletes are worth sort of got thrown out the window. And now basketball is getting in on the act. Here's Jalen oh, oh, He ascends and lands on top of Cleveland after he smashes it. Jalen Brown, a 26-year-old small forward for the Boston Celtics, just signed off on the richest deal in NBA history. So much money. Brown has signed on to play for the Celtics for another five years. Now let me walk you through his salary for those years. Next season, he'll pocket a relatively humble $52 million US. In year two, $56 million. Year three, it jumps up to $60 million. Year four, he'll earn just shy of $65 million. And in the final year of this new deal, Jalen Brown will earn $69 million. That's too much. I agree. For context, the Aussie Basketball League, the NBL, has 10 teams, each with a salary cap of $1.8 million per season, meaning that Jalen Brown could pay the salary of every player in the NBL next season and still have $34 million in change. On a completely unrelated matter, does anyone know of any good private basketball coaches in the Gold Coast area? I'm just asking for a mate. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. I think, you know, as a group, proud that we've retained the Ashes. But it's, you know, off the back of not our greatest week. A circumspect Aussie test captain Pat Cummins last week responding to Australia retaining the Ashes after the fourth test was washed out with England in a commanding position to level the series at 2 all. But tonight, Pat and co have the opportunity to remove any doubt about the validity of their Ashes triumph when the fifth test match gets underway at the Oval. The Aussie team for the final test is expected to change slightly with spinner Todd Murphy tipped for a recall and Queensland quick Michael Nessa a chance to get his first start of the tour in place of Josh Hazelwood. But the other conversation that has taken place in the lead-up to the final test is the future of Pat Cummins as the test captain. If we're living and dying in the world of tactics only, um, then, yeah, I think it's fair and reasonable to critique some of the execution and and tactics that we we implemented. Um, But to go as far as suggesting that the captain resign post-series I think is a bit far-fetched and uh, there's opinions that we respect and there's, there's opinions that we don't. Coach Andrew McDonald shutting down any speculation that Cummins could step down from his role as captain as suggested by former state-level wicketkeeper Darren Berry. But Cummins is more focused on one particular aspect of his captaincy he simply has to get better at. Who loses 57 coin tosses in a row? Ah, the coin toss. It has not been kind to Pat on this tour. Cummins has opted for the Tails Never Fails approach through the first four test matches of the series, and he's lost every single time. So, is he prepared to change his tossing techniques for the final test? There's been a lot of talk of that, about it. I, tosses are meant to be 50-50, but it's amazing how many people have theories on it. <laughs> I'll stick with Tails, I think. Good luck, Paddy. And that is your Fast One here to Sport for today. I'm Liam Flanagan. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'll catch you tomorrow on The Scorecard. Listener.